Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today, we are focusing on the 20th Perek of Shmuel Bet. Last Perek, David recognized that he needed to woo a somewhat disenfranchised tribe of Yehuda. And so David tries to show them some preferential treatment, treatment that they feel that they are owed. They feel they are owed because David is from the tribe of Yehuda. David was anointed in Hebron. And so David plays to that in really two ways. Firstly, he has the tribe of Yehuda alone accompany him across the Yardin to Yerushalayim, back to the halls of power. He gives them VIP access. And then he also replaces his right-hand man, his head general, Yoav, with a general from the tribe of Yehuda, formerly general to Avshalom, named Amasa. But David, in doing this, really overplays his hand. And the rest of the nation immediately feels shortchanged by this move. And so by winning over Yehuda, it's really a self-defeating kind of victory because it fractures the entire nation. And so uh, this, uh, this divide then leads to our parak. Now we have our, our context where Sheva ben Bichri calls out and says that we have no stake in the kingship of David. Everyone should go back to their tents. Everyone should go home. And many people abandon David, people from the northern tribes, and David is left only with the support of the tribe of Yehuda. So having just ended one coup, uh, we now have the makings of another rebellion, a very serious situation. David summons his new general, his new chief of, uh, his, uh, chief of the army, Amasa, to go and rally troops from, of course, Yehuda, because those are his supporters now, And he gives him three days to gather a massive fighting force to go and quash this rebellion. But Amasa does not deliver the goods. He is unable to gather the troops in the allotted time. And so David now turns to Avishai, right? Where's where's Yoav? We're not not sure in this moment. But he turns to Avishai, Yoav's brother. And he sends him to take this very, uh, uh, the the, the most loyal fighting force, a small but swift and, and very capable fighting force that's very loyal to David, and go find Sheva ben Bichri and kill Sheva ben Bichri. These men, by the way, are called Yoav's men. And so, uh, you know, Yoav's presence is kind of, uh, it's notable and his absence is notable here, I'll say, right? It's, it's, it's his absence that's notable at this moment. And we think, well, where is Yoav? Um, but as of right now, it's just a question mark. To our surprise, before the group goes to find Sheva and to uh, do it as they are commanded, first they go to Amasa. They go to the general that has been MIA, that has been incapable of listening to, of following David's command. Three days have elapsed, right? And, uh, and they go to Amasa, and then suddenly in that context, Yoav appears. We might have thought he was gone, right? We couldn't have blamed him. He was disgraced and demoted by David. But much to his credit, Yoav is still there. He goes over to Amasa. He pretends that he's going in for a kiss in a kind of an interesting maneuver, pretends like he drops his sword, so it's in his hand, but not that he's going to use it. And then he goes in for a kiss and he kills Amasa, whose bloody death is described in some detail and was obviously quite a spectacle. Now, pausing here, let's try to understand this moment because it's actually such a rich and uh, multi-layered moment for, in our parak and in this sefer. On the one hand, you can say that what Yoav did in killing this general, killing Amasa, was plainly wrong. 
And why did he do it? Well, he did it because he was disgraced by David and Amasa was appointed in his place. So he feels a great deal of resentment towards Amasa. And now he's just avenging his own personal kind of vendetta against Amasa. We know Yoav is prone towards violence uh, and, and, and zealotry. And Prakim uh, ago, he killed Avner, which was, we, we know, given all the context, was not the correct thing to do. And so maybe this was yet another instance of him incorrectly expressing his anger and violence against uh, a person, in a general. I mean, it's a very comparable situation. And in fact, in Sefer Malachim, David uh, says as much. He, he lumps these two murders together. He says that Yoav killed two men, uh, putting together the death of Avner and the death of Amasa. And so that would be one distinctly negative way of reading this. But there is also a positive way to read this moment. So that we have the negative, which is personal vendetta, and Yoav just uh, doing something that, that is inappropriate. And there's also a very positive way to read this as Yoav doing something heroic and very good. To appreciate that, we have to note something that's very significant, and that is where is Amasa in this moment when he's being killed? Amasa is in Givon. Where is that? It's in Binyamin. Amasa was supposed to be raising an army from where? From the tribe of Yehuda, but he is not there. So Amasa is not just ineffectual. He's not just incapable of, of, of delivering that which David is asking him to do. He seems to be out and out rebelling or ignoring what the king has told him. And Yoav is not having it. Much to Yoav's credit, despite everything that he has been through, he puts aside his own ego and he fights for David. He recognizes that Amasa is doing the wrong thing, and Yoav intervenes and he kills him because he is essentially a Morid Bamalchus. He is someone who is rebelling against the king just as much as Sheva ben Bichri. What's more, you could read this uh, in an even broader sense, and that is that Yoav is really cleaning up David's mess because David, as we said, the whole, the whole cause, the root cause, of this rebellion led by Sheva bin Bichri, but felt by many, is that David showed favor to the tribe of Yehuda by appointing Amasa. Right? The, 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 the favoritism that David that is embodied by Amasa is the is the root cause of this whole rebellion. It's it's that favoritism that leads to the schism. And so Yoav is trying to restore balance by killing Amasa and ending this fruitless campaign of trying to woo. Yehuda. So he's, he's correcting a much broader initiative that David has undertaken. And in a certain respect, it, it, it goes even deeper than rather than just going to kill Sheva ben Bichri, who is the figurehead of this resentment, he's going to the root cause of the resentment by killing Amasa. And so it's, it's an incredibly powerful and positive move that Yoav is making by killing Amasa. Now, if we take this positive view, we then have to ask, well, then why is David still harboring such negative feelings when he's talking to Shlomo and Sefer Melachim and he's, and he's uh, saying negative things about Yoav and having murdered uh, both Avner and Amasa? Why would he be harboring the ill will with respect to Amasa? And what we can say by kind of zooming out is that this is really part of a pattern. Time and time again, David and Yoav are at odds. David has one vision for how to proceed, how to lead the nation, and Yoav defies David, like, for example, when he kills Avshalom. But what he, what he does is ultimately for David's benefit, even if David doesn't recognize it as such. 
there's this fascinating and complex relationship between Yoav and David. It's one of the most interesting relationships and most well-developed relationships in the Sefer. Yoav is at once fiercely loyal to David, but that means in the same breath that sometimes he must disobey him, disobey him in very significant ways. Yoav then leads the charge against Sheva ben Bechri, who is holed up in a walled city named Avela Beis Hamacha. Yoav is ready to break into the city, potentially to punish all of its inhabitants for aiding and abetting this Moraid Bamalchas, this uh, individual who has rebelled against the king. But fortunately, there was the intervention of a very wise woman who brokers a deal between Yoav and uh, the people of the city to basically deliver Sheva to Yoav, to deliver his head, to kill him and deliver his head. And then Sheva will go home, having not harmed anyone else in the city. And that's exactly what takes place. The conflict is, uh, is put to rest, and this little crisis at the, at the city of Avela is also averted. Everyone goes home happy. Sheva ben Bichri is dead, and David is now secure in his kingship. Yoav then returns to Yushalayim, and then the, the parak concludes with the list that we've, we've had this before of David's cabinet, general, priests, scribes, etc. And the list includes Yoav as his head general, which seems to indicate that David has accepted his return. We seem to get a, an affirmation of a reconciliation between David and Yoav. And so ends this parak. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz and happy learning.